give credit where credit is due. The Dallas Mavericks came out in game three against the Phoenix Suns, playing at home at America Airlines Center, and came out with the energy necessary to respond in a series that you're down 0-2. So Matthew, as we walk away from game three, the Phoenix Suns lose by a score of 104 to 90 or 103 to 94, a nine point loss by those Suns. How are you feeling? Do you feel like the Suns are in trouble in the series? Are like, like, cause after the Suns uh, lost a couple games against the Pelicans, everybody, I mean, even Kendrick Perkins is like, they're going to win in seven. You feel like Dallas is winning in seven, or do you just feel like this was kind of an aberration game? No, not at all. Um, you know, for the Suns to sweep, I think I predicted last series a sweep, this series a sweep. I did say going into the playoffs, Dallas would be a tough matchup, but both of those are false. You know, they're faulty because I don't feel the same way with the Mavericks. I still don't. There's just so much the Suns did wrong tonight mm-hmm. that I'm just like, and I'm not, I give Dallas credit, good defense. They made the big threes when they had to, but this is not the Suns. This isn't Devin Booker out there. That wasn't obviously Chris Paul. No effort for Mayton tonight at all. Uh, Mikhail Bridges, he should have taken over in a lot more situations, and he didn't. So just no help from anybody. Even Cameron Johnson missing some wide-open threes. So if Jay's the only one really knocking down any big shots, it's going to be a long night, and that's what it was. Yeah, it's definitely one of those aberration games, in my opinion, in which, again, like I said, Dallas came out with a certain energy. The Phoenix Suns didn't necessarily – not match it, I would say. I feel like the Phoenix Suns had energy, but it was almost like a nervous energy. They turned the ball over too many times, and ultimately, you have to give Dallas credit for taking advantage of that. If an if a team is playing below their expected level, you should beat them, and that they did tonight. So we're going to talk about that and plenty more on this edition of the Suns Jam Session podcast. Welcome, Jamsters. Thank you for joining us, whether you're watching along live on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter or you're listening to this podcast at another time, thank you. Thanks for hanging out. Thank we appreciate you it. very much. Yeah, thumbs up for you guys. You know, <laughs> you can hit a thumbs up for us. Sure, why not? You can yeah. give us a review, five stars, whatever. Do I don't it. care. I give you a thumbs up and a five-star review for hanging out with us. It always takes a little bit more grit, a little bit more fandom, if you will, to talk about a loss. It's the beautiful thing about the Phoenix Suns this season. This loss right here was their 21st loss of the season, you know? So yeah. not a lot of them. You know, we've won, what, 70 games? We've lost 20? That's math. So there you go. Yeah, Black Sunday, shout out to anybody who is watching along live. You can go ahead and donate in the chat. $5 from Black Sunday. He said CP sold this game, passed up, up a wide open three in the corner, and Monty didn't even use his challenge all game. Pathetic. We'll get into that and much, much more because I have some things about, you know, like the 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 wide open shot opportunities and the Phoenix Suns just not executing those opportunities. Yeah. But Black Sunday, appreciate that. Appreciate again everybody's watching along live. Matthew's got a Bud Light to crack open. I've got a center, sugar-free, sparkling CBD drink. Let's CBD this bitch up. I don't Do think, I don't think there's any corn syrup in here, Matthew. Let me see here. Because Matthew's <laughs> like so, he's like, I can't have beer with corn in it. Yeah, well, you can't get high off CBD, so just Hey, but you relax, can relax, right? man. This just has carbonated water, natural citrus flavor, CBD isolate, and lemon juice concentrate. So there you go. Jamsters, if you're hanging out with us tonight, pop them if you got them. 
That was such a lame twist. So we I actually twisted off a little bit before. <laughs> Let's talk about this game against the Dallas A lot of opportunity exists for the Phoenix Suns moving forward as they lose to the Dallas Mavericks in Game 3 of the Western Conference Semifinals by a final score of 103-94. to Which brings me to my first question. Matthew, I got to ask. Matthew, I got to ask. Did every guy not named Jay Crowder take the night off to celebrate CP3's birthday tonight? <laughs> Yes, and they're probably celebrating right now because from the look of it, Chris Paul was, uh, he knew it was over. I think as soon as that one pass that went out of bounds off of uh, whoever it was, one of those tall white guys and Devin Booker, you know, threw it off of him and it was totally tipped out from the Mavericks. It didn't go to Sun's way. And after that, you see on Chris Paul's face, just like, eh, this game's whatever. So we have to accept that, you know, at Chris Paul's age, because he is 37 now, yeah. there are games he can't fill the, the shoes of what Devin Booker should be providing every night so he's not gonna he's not gonna bring it like he can every night like he was like he did last time so i accept the fact that we might have some schedule losses now in the playoffs there might just be those schedule losses where if it's if they can't bring it and the other team's knocking down some wide open threes then there's nothing the suns can do and they just they play their best they get screwed over a little bit by the refs just a tiny 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 bit and that's just the way this game goes and we just have to accept it man no sweeps I feel like in the future for the Suns, yeah. at least this year. I really too thought bad. this was the series they were going to sweep. Me too. Me too. And, you know, you looked at everything coming into this game. CP3 turns 37 today. So happy birthday to CP3. The birthday present oh. that he gets is no Scott Foster as a referee. And you're like, oh, my God, like, this is fantastic. I could have swore that the NBA, in its typical dickish fashion, would have put Scott Foster as the referee yeah. for this game. You know? Mm -hmm. Didn't get that, but what they did get was a Dallas team that definitely read the Bright Side of the Sun article I put out called the Luka Rules, right? And the Luka Rules pretty much stated that the Phoenix Suns are not going to double Luka early. They're going to let him, but, but they're going to take away all other scoring options, and they're going to make him work yeah. for to put up 24 points in the first half. And the second half, they'll start to double, and then the, in the fourth quarter, they'll attack him on defense. And in the first quarter in this game, it was kind of a best-case scenario, scenario for the Mavericks, right? Because Luka Doncic goes three from ten, still was kind of working, but he had seven points and he had five assists because Jalen Brunson, four for seven, ten points in that quarter. So he gets somebody else to help him out offensively. Simultaneously, the Phoenix Suns have four turnovers in the first quarter and give up eight points off of those turnovers. The Mavericks score 14 of their 29 points in the paint in the first quarter and out uh, uh, rebound the Suns and have six second chance points. So it's kind of that perfect storm. Everything that Dallas needed to go right in this game. Luka Doncic is scoring, but somebody else is scoring with him. They're actually hitting the boards and getting second chance points. And the Suns are turning the ball over, happened to start this game. And ultimately, the Suns never fully recovered from that first quarter. They end up, you know, trailing by seven at halftime. 
at the end of three quarters, they're down by 15, and then the, you know they're down nine to end the game. It was the first quarter that really set the tone, much akin to the other games in the series where the Suns did that to the Mavericks. Yeah, and it seemed like because we came into the Twitter spaces thinking, you know, that this isn't that big of a deal. What the mm -hmm. Mavericks are doing right now, we were comfortable. You had your CVD, you're feeling very good. I had my Bud Lights, and everything was good. We were like, you know, put some more on the, put some more buds in the ice because this is going to be a nice little, nice little victory. But it wasn't that because the Suns had opportunity with Jay Crowder really setting up from three. They were down by five entering the uh, third quarter mm -hmm. and i was like oh that three goes down we're down by two he misses it and it all chaos it's just you know the the out of bounds play with devin booker but there was just so much that went into the the mavericks getting second chance opportunities if they didn't make their first attempt they would get another chance whether it's the yes. rest whether it's the offensive rebound that felt a lot like the pelicans games yes. last series and then then i was like all right this might be game this might just be one of those where the Suns can't, if they don't get the first stop, then it's over. Because as soon as the Mavericks get a second opportunity, they're going to make that wide open three. And they kept doing that. And all of a sudden, it went from a two-point game that should have been to a 14-point game. They yeah. kind of pulled like a little bit of what the Suns can do to teams, right? They like can do the it quick. quarter last game, they, they did it quick. And it was quite impressive, man. And it's a lot of effort from the Mavericks. Um, we just didn't get those big shots and big the big boards. And I know we're, we'll talk about DeAndre Ayton, but like, just the effort on the boards wasn't really there. And um, I can just say it, it wasn't. And then anytime the Mavericks had an opportunity to grab that board, it always seemed like it was for the reason it was a long board because they were mm -hmm. shooting the threes. Yeah. The long rebounds kept going to their hands. And I was just like, oh, man, this is just like last series. I felt as soon as we got done Twitter spaces and that happened with the 14 point lead, I was like, this is over. This just does not feel like the Suns can make a stop. It just I had that feeling inside of me. Yeah, it was just a weird game that, like I said, everything kind of went right. Like, Mikhail Bridges is missing bunnies. Multiple bunnies. Yes. You know, Chris Paul, who is known for his assist-to-turnover ratio uh, in the first half, has a total of seven points and seven turnovers. So, again, it's just this odd game that I don't think there's anybody, like, I, I don't see anybody in the chat who's just like, fuck, we're screwed. There's multiple things that didn't go right, yes, but they're not trends. They're not things yeah. that necessarily the Mavericks force. I will give the Mavericks credit. The way they played the passing lanes was much more effective tonight on defense. They were jumping uh, the pick and roll on defense as well. And I think that they did a really, really good job of disrupting the Suns after the Suns already started to disrupt themselves. But that's what it comes down to for me, is the Phoenix Suns really did a – a, a not good job, if you will, that would be translated as a bad job of just simply <laughs> executing their offense. They were having a hard time executing their offense. If you look at the statistics, they gave up 33% from beyond the arc. The Mavericks only shot 44.4% in this game. Those are sustainable numbers that normally can equate to a victory. But when you look at the fact that they had 14 more shot attempts than we did, they made six more field goals than we did because the Phoenix Suns had 17 turnovers to their eight. Because the Dallas Mavericks had those uh, second-chance points. They had 16 second-chance points to the Phoenix Suns, 10. Those are the things that are going to equate to losses. Those are the things that say to me, we beat ourselves tonight. Mm -hmm. And you think the Suns can kind of get away with the slow start, the turnovers, usually. Um, but then we kind of learned last series, like, no, it's not going to be that way. Last series, we got the slow starts and ended up with a loss. Um, this is exactly how that the game played out. 
And a lot of the turnovers, too, they were just really quick. And they were back-to-back-to-back-to-back, to back to back to back, it seemed like. Uh, even, like, Devin Booker and setting up the offense, trying to find the right pass, make the right play, it was never there. Anytime the mm-hmm. Suns had an opportunity to kind of jump down to maybe eight points to an eight-point deficit or even seven, they just they couldn't figure it out. They did play like they went out last night, like they were hanging out in the clubs for Chris Paul's birth. It just seemed like they were totally hung over in this game. And I, you know, we can make excuses, but we just know the Suns' effort when it's there. It seems like Mikhail Bridges is the only one that like went to bed early and then slept in, you know, and Jay Crowder maybe too. But I feel like Jay Crowder would actually knock down some threes, even hung over or even drunk. So I feel like he he can play drunk, hung over, or just sober. <laughs> it's Jay Crowder. Yeah, I mean, this was Jay Crowder's night, man. I mean, we talked about yeah. it on Twitter Spaces at halftime. So for those of you who joined us for that Suns Jam session at the half, we appreciate it. And one of the things we talked about was how Jay Crowder, you know, again, at the half, had 11 points. It was four or five from the field and three from three from deep. Like at that point, he had 25% of the Suns' 44 total points. And we were yeah. just like, holy shit, like that's how you know it's just a different night. Now, don't get me wrong. He had 15 points at halftime in the last game, and he ended with 15. And in this one, I said he'd end with 13. You thought he was going to go have one of those like eight for nine from beyond the arc kind of nights. He kind of landed somewhere in the middle. He was five of eight from beyond the arc, seven of 12 in this game, had a total of 19 points to lead all Phoenix Suns scores. Now, note that every member of the Phoenix Suns who was a starter had double digits in this game, but the bench just didn't really show up as kind of per usual. Uh, what'd you see from Jay Crowder tonight? And why didn't he punch Luca? <laughs> I could have sworn, <laughs> like I he, swore he was going to get yeah. into a fight with Luca. Like he was, Aww. he was starting to get into, like he, he was kind of there, right? You know, oh, it was just, oh. Cause I don't think getting into Luca's face and getting into his game, like into his mind to affect his game. I don't really think that's something that has to happen. Cause I think Luca was already kind of doing it. He felt Luca was on the floor after a call. That should have been a technical. He sat down on the floor in front of yeah. the ref. That's not yeah. a technical. Like, yeah, he t- he took like half an hour to get off the court after his fifth foul. Now, don't yes. get me wrong. I don't know if that fifth foul was valid. And he's doing the money thing. Like, yeah, he's what doing it, the money thing twice like, where he's like, yeah, they're being they're, paid off. Like, they're being paid if, off. If Devin Booker looks at the opponent after a slam dunk, he's teed up. But yeah. like, Luka can like lay down, money up, you know? Yep. Luca could probably like shit in his own mouth and be like, ah, that's fine. Get back to the that's bench. That's adorable. Like, let's show <laughs> him you. watching the game. Fuck <laughs> you. Yeah. Hey, let's see. Yeah. Uh, but okay. So Jay, they should have kept feeding Jay. There's, there's a thing where he went off. It was in the second half after we talked about. I'm like, oh, he'll go eight for nine. And I really wanted that to happen just so I can gloat and we get the win. Because if we would have got those threes, we probably would have won the game. Uh, but you got to keep feeding him. And we'll talk about Booker later. But Booker, there's times where Jay's open on the top of the key for three. And Booker just, he's too late with his passes, man. His passes to Jay need to be on time and like right away. Yeah. When he, when Jay's grooving and he even has like get a little pull up jumper, just give him the ball. Nothing else is working. Like as much as we want the old Booker back before that baby fist bumped him, it's not probably not going to have him for a little bit. I still think he's not all the way there. So you have to rely on someone like Jay. Jay needs more opportunity. And he had a lot tonight, but I wanted even more. I wanted it to be either we, we ride or die by Jay. And we basically died early because we stopped giving him the ball. Like, just keep giving him the ball when he's hot. That's that's the only thing I asked. And he could have probably went maybe seven for ten tonight. Who knows? From three. Well, I tell you, you know, a, a big turnaround from 
the New Orleans Pelicans series, right? Because one of the challenges, obviously, we had in that series was the fact that it felt like no one on the Phoenix Suns uh, could score uh, outside of, you know, Devin Booker and Chris Paul. You know, one point in game one, five points in game two. He had 10 points in game three, 11 points in game four, nine points in game five, nine points in game six. In this series, he's got 11, 15, and 19. What do you think it is about this matchup that allows Jay Crowder to be successful? Um, can I just say nothing? Can I just say it's just Jay Crowder? <laughs> like, I think the intensity of the game, maybe it's slowed down. Like, even the threat of the fans and stuff there in Dallas. Dallas, they have good fans, but it's not like the way it was in the with the Pelicans in New Orleans. I feel like even when I was annoyed with this game, it was never the fans. Because with the Pelicans, I was like, dude, shut the fuck up with those fans <laughs> this time it's more calm i think jay is just in a groove and he's never really had those back-to-back-to-back games where he is 11 15 and 19 points in a row yeah. but I, he just he's he's kind of found him find found himself he's kind of made up for last series already so we kind of wasted the 19 point game from him who knows if we'll get it back yeah this is true this is true now shifting gears obviously luka Doncic is a big point of emphasis for this team uh he's probably the best player in this series uh, I don't think that I'm going out of bounds by saying that. Luka Doncic is a fantastic talent. I think that obviously the Phoenix Suns are the better team, and ultimately that's going to win out. But I thought it was really interesting how they made some of the adjustments. Now, granted, some of them were self-imposed adjustments. Uh, adjustments like Luka was fishing for those fouls early, right? Like yeah, he, he was. He, he, he was, was trying to draw fouls rather than make shots. I did think it was kind of funny when he came across and elbowed Chris Paul right in the face, and Chris Paul put his face back. That Luka Doncic yeah. started doing the head bobbing thing, like. Uh, you know like oh look he's fake it's like dude you've been doing that the entire first half bro like you know again call don't don't throw stones if you live in a in a glass house uh and then obviously he was in foul trouble in this game which was something a little bit different and the substitution patterns were something that i noticed that jason kidd kind of changed up in this game in the first quarter he has luka Doncic play the entire 12 minutes right in the second quarter he lets him sit for the first uh five minutes he brings him in with second uh, with seven seven minutes left. And it was the second half when those substitution patterns really changed. Typically, he'll play kind of a longer third and then, again, get that break at the end of the third and come in about mm-hmm. seven-minute mark in the fourth quarter. In this game, he played six minutes and 46 seconds in the third quarter, so they kind of pulled him early. And then in the fourth quarter, they brought him back earlier with eight minutes, you know, almost nine minutes left in the game. Uh, what do you think that does to benefit Luka Doncic in this series, if they change those substitution patterns. Oh, well, I'll be up. It doesn't matter. Sorry. Thank you. I was going to say it doesn't matter. (laughs) I was going to say, to be absolutely honest, it doesn't matter. (laughs) (laughs) It matters tonight. (laughs) That's a good way to set it up, though, man, because you know I don't pay attention to the opposing You pay attention at the end of the podcast. That's what I noticed. It's like after the 30-minute mark, you're just sitting there waiting for me to ask you questions because you know I'm gonna pop you. <laughs> no, I haven't during the game. I don't pay attention to like the the opposing team or who they're coming in with. You know what I mean? What time? What the markers? I do it for the Suns, but I wouldn't know that, dude. You <laughs> set me up. And and school of understanding says in the chat, it's like it's because of the uh, the foul trouble from Luka Doncic. That's kind of what dictated yeah. these. Yep. <laughs> I was. I'm sorry, folks. It was all a setup just to get it was all, on the it was doesn't matter. <laughs> You sacrificed so much of the pod for that too. I know I gave up. This is a really good question. Like I knew the answer, but like I, yeah. <laughs> yes, it was. It was this. It, it all comes down to the foul. So tell me what you saw again, Luka Doncic, and I'm not going to hit you with the. It doesn't matter. I promise. But Luka Doncic, you know, one of the things that was cr- that people were critical of him over the past 
two games in this series was the fact that he wasn't aggressive enough on defense. He was a little bit more aggressive and he got called for it tonight. Yeah. And I'll side with the Mavericks fans on this one. A lot of those calls are bullshit. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, he got me good metal. Mike, good job. Voida. got that fucker. Good. He got me really good. And like, I had to put like 40 more, yo. 40 more minutes of myself just being just absolutely dismantled over just here. Demolished. Just a man, just, just a little who boy. Are you? A little boy, girl. Oh, uh, <laughs> Luca, dude, Luca is all right. So we're talking about um, his defense. So the the fouls, honestly, he he doesn't he didn't commit a lot of them. I feel like a lot of them were kind of just the Suns messing around. They were bullshit fouls for Luca. So I didn't want him in foul trouble, and the Suns to actually win the game. Be like, well, it's super fucking those fouls, and they were shitty foul calls. So, but the it went both ways. A lot of it, and the defense from Luca, he can only do so much. I think it's the effort you want to put against him. Luca can't even, even the beginning of the game, Jay blew right by him. I don't feel like there was a lot of opportunity, even at the end when Chris Paul hit set up uh, a set of Mikhail Bridges on that little dunk attempt that led to a foul. He almost mm-hmm. um, posterized the dude. Like, there's a lot you can do with Luca out there on the perimeter. You can, there's, the defense just isn't there. Um, I don't know what that is. I don't know how much Luca can improve defensively in the series, but it's not noticeable to me to where I'm just like, yeah, Luca played great defense tonight. It's just, it wasn't that for me, right? Or was he actually sticking on dudes and doing a good job? There was a couple plays I noticed where his he was jumping the switches a little earlier, and that was the defensive effort that you, if you're a Mavs fan, hoped you would see. But also that being said, because of the efforts of Jalen Brunson, he Luca didn't have to expend as much on the offensive end. True. You know, you look at his final box score, he's 26 points on 25 total shots. So he wasn't efficient. He had 13 total rebounds uh, and he had nine assists. Jalen Brunson was 10 of 21 for 28 points. So he took a lot of that pressure off of him. And then you look at the fact that Dorian Finney-Smith and Reggie Bullock combined for eight for 21 from beyond the arc. Okay, so that's that's the perfect scenario for the Mavericks, right? On offense, you have Jalen Brunson doing some of the scoring and, and getting down in the paint as well. And when Luka does take it to the basket, if he doesn't have a, a shot at a making a field goal, he's dishing it out to his perimeter guys and they're hitting threes. That's the way that their offense is designed. And it clicked tonight on top of the fact that the Suns couldn't hold the ball, so they had more opportunities and, and, and the Suns, like the, the Suns couldn't pull the, hold the ball passing. They couldn't grab the ball on rebounds. Apparently, every time they tipped the ball and it went out of bounds, even if it was off the Mavericks, it was like off of the Suns still. And yeah. Spencer did big yeah. win. He's like running out of bounds, and they're like inbounds. Yeah, you know. And, and then the, and then they hit a three because of that, right? What a tightrope, huh? Yeah, what a, what a tightrope that Spencer Dinwiddie like he could play for the Cowboys. You know, stay there in oh, Dallas. You know, let Dak throw him the ball because it's just yeah. all of these little things and. Yeah, Monty didn't challenge any of that shit tonight, which is disappointing, right? There was about four things that he could have challenged. Yeah. Every one of them would have went the Suns' way and changed momentum because every time one of those those ticky-tack little things, Spencer Dinwiddie running on the sideline, ends up getting a dunk the other way. Uh, the tip ball, they inbound it, hit a three. That Another ball that went out off of them, mm-hmm. inbound, hit a two. It's just like those total points is like 11 points in this game. And Monty, if he had just called a timeout and challenged mm-hmm. – would yeah. have changed some of the momentum. Yeah, and they they gave him plenty of time, especially that one off a of book where that really turned the game. And that's where I was like, dude, this this is just going to be one of those games like last series. You you think in the in the time where Monty's sitting there and he's just like 
you know what, we'll let this one go. We'll get back into it. I think that's why he doesn't usually call timeouts too much when the other team goes on runs. He's like the Suns. Like I have a team that can that can definitely you know get back in the game on their own. They don't need me to coach them up. He's like, let's just like let's save the timeout. But I think he thinks that too much. And like that instance, you don't think that's the game, but like that was seriously that was the game of that turnover. So it leads to a three, right? It's just everything, like you said, was off of the Mavericks. It seemed like it went to the Mavericks. It was their possession. They would get a three. They'd be wide open. The Suns' effort was terrible trying to get out to the perimeter to stop them. But Monty needs to call the timeouts. Like when the, I think it was, it was basically when I thought, you know, it was almost a two point lead for the Mavericks entering the third quarter. Then it went to 14. But before that, they were only up by like nine and it hit two threes in a row. I'm like, timeout, timeout. That's when he called timeout and he doesn't do that. And I don't think it really cost him because I think in the end, the Suns probably would just lost it anyways because they didn't have it tonight. I don't think a timeout would have saved them at all. But those are times when again in a game like this, you need to do it because you need any little thing to help your team. And just that wasted timeout might have helped the team get a little bit closer. It might have still been a loss, but just it would have kept them more into the game. And that's what we need from Monty. But I mean, other than that, man, he's been fantastic all playoffs, I feel like. He has, without a doubt. And again, this is just a missed opportunity because in that environment, you're 100% correct. In that environment, that's something that calms the crowd a little bit. And like, yeah, they'll get a little bit loud after they come back from timeout, but it fades. It's not that consistent rolling energy. And we've seen, like, Willie Green was doing a great job of that against the Suns in the first round. So there was about three or four opportunities I feel like Monty Williams definitely missed in this game to slow that momentum and it I, I'm not going to say it cost us the game but it definitely is something that didn't help us in this game uh, uh one question I have for you yes I was thinking about this today because you saw that Reggie Bullock and the Dallas Mavericks are starting to really get uh, in tune with what the New Orleans Pelicans were doing to CP3 and that yeah. is having that full court pressure and having Jay Crowder bring up the ball. Now, obviously it's a bad game to ask this question, especially considering in the first half, he had seven turnovers, but note that in the second half CP three had zero turnovers. So maybe this is somewhat valid. Do you think it's a good strategy to do? Because it doesn't necessarily tire CP three out because he's not taking up the ball. Like the, the Suns are just content yeah. with being like, yeah. yeah, we'll have Jay Crowder bring it up. Well, last last pod, I thought, you know, it's it's good to do because you want the offense out of whack. Whether or not Chris Paul wants to start the offense with 16 or 15 seconds, I guess that's his own deal. That's something where I, I kind of hate. I'm like, just br- get the ball down court, dude. Start your offense. Um, so that's limiting the Suns from second chance. I feel like opportunities of like, you know, shot clock violation, three seconds, two seconds to shoot something, especially when the defense like the Mavericks are kind of going off and playing with a lot more energy than like last game. Um, but it's it kind of just it derails the Suns' offense a little bit. And Chris Paul, you can see the smirk. He's just like, yeah, whatever. We'll just give it to somebody else. But they want to take him. They don't want him to have the ball because he is that guy, right? He is our best player right now in the series, Mm -hmm. obviously. I mean, Book still is not the same player. So they know a lot. Yeah, they know a lot. Even 30 points last game. like It's not the same Book. And they they know that a lot's going to go through Chris Paul. So take it out of his hands. So I understand why they're doing that because okay. Chris Paul might like it. I think his big booty might like that rubbing on all the way up and down the court. I feel Ooh, like he does. Friction, baby. That's where his sensors are, right? His his really good sensors. And <laughs> he, uh, he, I don't even know what I'm talking about, but there's some drunk dude in Dallas. I think we got to bring it in right now. Well, I'll tell you this, you know, we, we have a guy who was at the game, okay? We sent him out there, the Suns game <laughs> session, put him up in a hotel. We paid, paid for, for his ticket, but but like we charged him. And yep. he was there. You know him as 
Coach Evan B. from the He's on Fire podcast. Coach, you were at the game tonight. I'm sorry that you had to experience a son's loss. How you feeling? What was the environment like? And uh, where, where, where are you at right now? Just chill. Oh, I, I'm in my hotel room, John. You know all about that, I'm sure. Yes, that hotel life. I don't miss it. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was – that sucked. Like, that sucked for your first playoff game to go to. That was awful. I mean – I don't even want to get into the refs. I mean, I I actually ended up uh, sitting right next to a Suns fan, which was really cool. We were just chatting the whole game and whatnot. That was fun. I actually met quite a few Suns fans giving high fives and whatnot. But, like, the, the tip passes that went out were, were annoying. And every time there was an air ball or, or a bad shot, there was some sort of stupid tip out that, were, yeah. you know, the one where Luca caught it when he was on his ass at the free throw line yeah. or an air ball. And then that, that would lead to a three. There were so many weird things, and and for Chris Paul to come out like that on his birthday was really, really surprising. But for the record, for the record, the the Utah Jazz home crowd is way louder than the Dallas Mavericks. Could be a bigger arena. It, it could be the acoustics. I don't know, um, but just for what it's worth. It's not the same. I even feel like when Nowinski was there, that crowd was annoying as shit watching those games. But tonight, I was telling John earlier on this pod that you're on right now that, you know, it wasn't the same. It was not the same. I didn't feel annoyance from sitting at my my in my apartment just listening to him. Like, this isn't really driving me crazy. I can care less. So it's good to hear that up close. It was the same way. That's really strange. Yeah. Get a lot the... of people talking shit to you. No, actually, believe it or not, no. Um, I don't know if anybody's ever been to that arena. Before. No one wrangled you. Huh? No one hogtied you. As you walk in, they have like this plaza with a bunch of restaurants and stuff on, on either side, and went up to the bar and had one Mav fan actually buy me a shot. Welcome wow! To the and they bought me a shot and um, had drinks nice. with a couple other uh, people, and then we were just talking it up. And, and nobody there thought they were going to win. By the way, nobody yeah. thought they were going to win. They all yeah. saw what was going on. But once you're in the game, seeing all the calls that went against the Mavericks that were legitimate calls, like charges and things like that, they they were rowdy. They were rambunctious, as you should be. But it's mm-hmm. like the, he was literally moving when it was a charge. Like, how can you even debate that? It's 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 funny to watch their their reactions to things, and and they acted just like Luca. Man, they acted ah. just like Luca. It was just like. You've got to be kidding me. Like, there's got to be some semblance of knowledge here somewhere. <laughs> and, and it was not to be had. Ah, uh, well, well, I'm sorry you had to experience that. But, <laughs> hey, you know, at least on, on the bright side. um, Nothing? <laughs> like, Dallas is nice this time of year? I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's it, hot as it, shit, it too, right? Hot it. Shit it's humid today. too, right? It's yeah. humid today. It's worse over there, Fuck, dude. man. I'm trying but to I find more But, but I mean, I, I, what, what was the final score again? They they lost by 103, nine. One hundred three, six. No, one hundred three to ninety four. So we had like seventeen turnovers. Yes. All these awful calls going out of bounds that were called uh, in the Mavericks' favor. We shot pretty poorly most of the game. Chris Paul had nine points and what four or five assists. We had yeah. all these things go bad, and we still only lost by nine. Like, yeah. if I'm looking for a bright side of the sun, it's going to be that. <laughs> <laughs> well played there. Well played. Well, Coach, we appreciate hopping on here for a little bit. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll send you to the next series, okay, and have you pay for it. 
<laughs> Sounds good, fellas. Awesome. Appreciate that. Again, that's Coach Evan B. from the He's on Fire podcast. D-backs one. Very good. Yeah, Merrill, Carroll, hey, Merrill hey, Kelly there's, there's had like that. eight innings and one run. So there's okay. there's that. So. Should have gone to that game. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Coach. Good having you on. See you, man. Always awesome having Coach on. Poor guy, man. I feel bad. Like he's, he goes to the game and then like it's a, he gets an L. That's the way it happens. You get it's so always you go to like those that. things. Yeah. If I ever go to see the Cowboys play, they're gonna get their ass full, which always happens. But yeah, well, I've seen the Cowboys play back in the, the Cardinals, and, and my team always my time my team always loses. Uh, listen, I'm, I'm... well, I guess <laughs> I guess John is totally gone. I was trying to block out this naked HD person right here. But he is completely gone. So let's go ahead and go into the next segment. I might actually just go ahead and start something. No, he's already coming back. John, that was that was funny. What? Jesus, you block somebody in the chat, then I'm gone. Oh, oh what, the, yeah. what the hell happened, man? Are we getting I hacked have, over here? I have no idea what's going on. But CIA? I'm going to do something that I swore I wouldn't do. <laughs> I'm going to try to go with a reverse jinx because it just it isn't happening right now for Cameron Payne mm-hmm. so we're going to play his drop even though I said I would not play his drop on this podcast until he scored 15 points in a game I don't think it's ever going to happen unless we play it again so try to do some of that reverse juju here comes the pain I just I, – I don't know what else to do for Cameron Payne right now. You know, you, you look at tonight, and he ends with a total of how many minutes played? Let's see here. Cameron Payne. Mm. That's the first quarter. 14 minutes. 14 minutes, zero points, 0 for 4, 0 for 2 from beyond the arc. Uh, he's a minus 3. He would have been a minus 6 if Landry Shamit didn't hit that shot at the very end of the game, uh, which, by the way, thank you for that, Landry, because – live betting going into the fourth quarter, the Suns were plus 11 and a half and they were down 12 and then Landry hit the three at the end. And I'm like, all right, sweet. At least they covered that. Uh, But Cameron Payne, I like what B says in the chat. I miss Cameron Payne. I miss Cameron Payne. Okay. He's, he, he hasn't been the same. He's a horrible in this playoffs. And it's not like he's missing tough contested shots. He missed a wide open layup. He missed a wide-open midi. He missed wide-open three-pointers. He's not playmaking. He's not scoring. He's not a benefit, and you need him to be so. Now, granted, the Suns are going into game four, and they're they're up two to one. So there's no reason for Monty Williams to say, hey, drastic change time. Right now, if this if this series was 1-2, uh, I if we were down 0-3, I think he would make some sort of change relative to his backup point guard. It's not going to happen yet. But it needs to happen at some point, uh, especially in this series where they have smaller guards. I can see Aaron Holiday being uh, a factor, but Cameron Payne has not been a factor this entire playoffs, and it's disappointing. No, it's bad. And we talked about Aaron Holiday. His playmaking is just not there, too. Like, he, he yeah. turns the ball over. He gets caught up in the air. But, hey, we're seeing the same stuff with Payne. We're seeing the same exact thing where he gets jumped. He did have an assist. He had the three assists, but he had one assist off of one where he should have just went up for the layup. Yeah. Left side of the hoop. And but he, he doesn't have confidence Bridges. in that. No, he found Mikhail Bridges the last second before he was caught for traveling by jumping up in the air. Um, There's just, you know, Monty said it during one of the timeouts, like get to the rim, keep driving. And I feel like he just has to, like, that's just his game, you know, drive and kick. Yeah. But he has to know what he's doing because he doesn't know what he's doing right now offensively at all. He just, 
he's the one guy you don't want to be psyched out mentally on this team, right? I feel like all the other dudes, maybe no, not Shamit. Every other dude mentally, like if they're having a bad game, a bad stretch of games, like a Jay Crowder did in the first series, they come back and they help out. Cameron Payne gets so deep into a hole, it's just impossible for him to dig himself out. Yeah. He just, he just, con- he continues to make the wrong play. And like, even like he had a three tonight where he was covered and just jacked it up off the back of the rim. Like, just a bad fuck. possession. Like, what? Like, even Brooke had some of those too. It's just, and they're wasted too. When you can't really stop Dallas from scoring each time, I'm saying they score on the first possession, but Dallas, they don't come back down and play defense unless they get a bucket. When that's happening and you're wasting plays like that, that just is what kills the Suns. So it, it's something where we need him to step up. And like I said last last series, I'm like, we need to see in the playoff in this series preview. I was like, we have to see that Peyton or Peyton, yeah, Peyton, Peyton. Someone just said Peyton. Damn, Peyton is the guy that can lead us in the second series or in the third round too, mm-hmm. like just to help us. Well, precisely. Right? And that's why Monty's going to continue to play pain because he wants him to get out of the funk. But I'm telling you, it's painful. Ooh, there's the no title. One's of the ever bri- use that, right? There's the title of your bright side of the sun article. That'll be coming out tomorrow. It's painful watching Cameron operate thus far Where? in the playoffs. <laughs> wah, wah, wah. Right in that one. He's going to read it and get even more depressed, yeah. right? Good. No, hopefully he reads it and he goes, fuck this guy. But that's fuck him. Like, he's like, but I think he does that. He's like, fuck this, fuck this. Like, I'm I'm good. But that's too much. He needs to chill. And you saw Cameron Johnson even like tap him on the chest. Like, hey, relax. Yeah. Like, he even told him. Like, you can see him. He's like, relax. But it's not enough. This guy is just, he's playing out of his mind in the worst way. Like, you usually say that about a guy going off for 40, playing out of his mind. But he's outside. He's having like a, an out of body experience where he's just in the stands eating hot dogs, choking on them or something. I don't know what he's doing. <laughs> he's up there deep throwing hot dogs. <laughs> he's just, it sucks too, because like we're all such great Cameron Payne fans, but he's a zero in this series. He's a zero in this playoffs. And again, when Aaron holiday played minutes against the Pelicans, they were positive minutes. It was energy. Again, he's not the greatest playmaker, but he's going to give you something. And that's more than campaigns doing right now. He's nothing. The number one issue I had in this game with the Suns and Cameron Payne kind of personified this is they weren't attacking every chance they had to attack mismatches, especially like Dorian Finney Smith goes flying into the second row in a play. The Suns have a five on four and they pass the ball around like three times. They let the Dallas defense get set and campaign was the same way. I felt like the Phoenix Suns were playing like Isaiah Kane in tonight. And for those of you who, Go way back to the beginning of our podcast. I used to always talk about how Isaiah Kanan was the one-man fast-break stopper for the yeah. Suns. They'd have a three-on-one running down the, the court. Isaiah Kanan's running point. And instead of attacking the defense or just dishing it to one of the wings who was wide open, he would dribble towards the defender and then just pull it out and let the entire defense come back to be five-on-five. Five. That's what you saw tonight. You mentioned it a little bit earlier with Devin Booker, the way that his passes to Jay Crowder were late and not in the right spot. That was the Phoenix Suns all night tonight. They had no confidence in just taking the ball to the rim or attacking the mismatches in front of them. Instead, they just pass out of it, pass out of it, pass out of it. They feel like everybody was going to have a better shot, and ultimately they weren't getting the the best of looks. And when they did get those good looks, they were missing easy shots. So again, all of this is a recipe for the Suns to be successful moving forward in the series. It's just disappointing to watch tonight because, you know, you want to win every game. Like, we're fans. Yeah. And, you know, if you're thinking about it in the way where, you know, 
if this is all Clay Thompson's out there right now, you might be right because the, the the shock value right now of the Suns in this game was basically everyone looked like Clay out there, just very indecisive, heads down, just not really understanding what your role is. That was tonight, and it's so weird how you go from sixty. Well, it makes sense not to go sixty four percent from shooting again in the next game, yeah. but this bad. Yeah, that's not just, sustainable, but like, and again, the Suns shocking. didn't have the worst game offensively. You look, they shot 44%. They no, they were right there with Dallas. They were yeah. there. It was just the turnovers it, and it was the just boneheaded dude. plays and not attacking. Because again, mm-hmm. another key point in this game, right? Seven minutes left in the second quarter. The Phoenix Suns have the Dallas Mavericks in foul trouble. The Phoenix Suns have the bonus with seven minutes left in the second quarter and they're losing. Mm-hmm. They go for the remainder of the period Two of two from the free throw line. They didn't attack. They didn't attack them. They had them in foul trouble. They had an opportunity to put easy points on the board. When you're down in these games, and the Phoenix Suns are normally very good at this, when they're down in games and they have an opportunity to get to the foul line, they focus on that. They do anything they can to get there because they know it's easy points, and they just stopped attacking. They continue to just pass the ball around and then just you know throw up a shitty shot. Yeah, what was like with Chris Paul taking on Luka Doncic too last game over and over and over again? You know, when you find something that works, just continue to do that. When like you're in, when they're in foul trouble, you're in the bonus, then keep going that way. Yeah, I don't understand why you're trying to do other things. Like you don't. This game's not about getting Booker or someone in a groove, right? Or Aiden's not really there. Why try to feed him? He didn't look comfortable anywhere he was on the floor. So just keep working the refs. Like the refs were on your side a lot of the times. I feel like the Suns tonight. They got a lot of fouls tonight where I feel like they weren't fouls. So keep working that. Keep going that way and slow the game down. Yeah, I mean, you look at total fouls. It was 19 to 14. Uh, The Mavericks had more fouls than the Suns. But when Luka Doncic came back in and had, and and that was a key period of the game where he has six or five fouls, you have an opportunity to attack him like you did in the first game Mm -hmm. and try to manipulate that sixth foul and get points on the board for doing so. It just, they, they didn't take advantage of it. You know, and tell tell me it wasn't annoying watching Luka Doncic on the split screen when he was out with five fouls. Watch the game. Like, what was that about? You tweeted, tweeted that about- out. Yeah. <laughs> what was that about? Like, why do we have to sit there and watch Luka watch the game? Like, is ESPN got that much of a high on Luka Doncic? I have no idea. Like, what? What am I supposed to think of that? We're I watching want to watch a guy, this dude watch the game. You can see him on the court watching the game. You can yeah. see him when they'll have court. He's standing there watching it. What is... I don't even know what to think of that. Another reason I'm not watching basketball next year. (laughs) (laughs) The Suns Jam Session subreddit stakeout. Wait, are you doing it? Are you... Do we dull the... (laughs) We're both doing it, bro. We're both doing the stakeout. So here's what happened tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Matthew was supposed to do the subreddit stakeout, <laughs> but he didn't. I sat there with my fat ass and was drinking Bud Light. So I was like, <laughs> he's drinking his non corn. Non corn. He's like, did I forget something? So the subreddit stakeout. So a, a couple of things I wanted to point out. One person on the Maverick subreddit. So for those of you who are new to the podcast, we like to go undercover. Matthew and I will go to the subreddit of the opposing team and read their comments and share them with you, Suns fans, to let you know what they're saying. At the same time, we'll downvote some of their stupid shit just to piss them off. So here's one. It was bullet points. 
Somebody said, Suns not in four. Fuck their chant and arrogance. Mikel Bridges is too damn small. Chris Paul is too damn small and will never win a ring. Aiton is not, not the best center on the Suns roster. Booker is the second coming of Donovan Mitchell, an inefficient scorer who gets overmatched on defense. We got this. This is now officially a series. Could you be even more off with a take than everything that that person just said? <laughs> like, that go, one go, person. go down that. Suns not in four. Fuck their chant and arrogance. Okay, that one's valid. Okay, it's not. It can't be Suns in four. Statistically, I get it. Mikael Bridges is too damn small. Not true. Chris Paul is too, too damn sm- no, small and will never win a ring. I hope that's not true. Aiton <laughs> is not even the best center on the on the oh, Suns roster. False. Booker is the second coming of Donovan Mitchell. Go fuck yourself. An inefficient scorer who gets overmatched on defense. He's efficient and he's a great defensive match. He's a great defensive guard. Could you be any more wrong? Totally wrong. Being. Maybe just one game. Who knows? Should I read my little ones yeah. that I did late? What do you what, what, what do you got, Matthew? Ta- Taz from WWF. Um, Taz. <laughs> so they said, screw the haters and doubters. Nobody beats the Mavs 12 times in a row. Nobody. <laughs> That was good. <laughs> That's great. I forgot. That was yeah, actually really good. It's the first, really time, the, it's the first <laughs> time the Mavs have beat the Suns. Uh, when, when, when oh, that's, Chris, so Chris, that's so funny. That's so funny. I know. I think that was the best one, dude. Uh, <laughs> fuck Jay Crowder. Fuck the Suns. Fuck Devin Booker. Uh, Mavs and six, baby. This team wasn't good offensively, but we beat them because of our defense. Also, rest were horrendous this game. So that's kind of like the Mavericks being like, hey, uh, we kind of get away with one right there. Devin Booker and Chris Paul should change their names to Ben and Jerry's because they know how they know all about soft serve. I didn't know what that meant. So I just grabbed that one. Mm. Two seconds before the pod. <laughs> I, I like ice cream too. Oh, well. Uh, quick shout out to John Bloom. John Bloom hooked, hooked me up with. Uh, both Did you just of bring these. one over? He brought just the one purple one over. So, so I'm just after one game, I just I get nothing, huh? Well, I mean, I asked him late, you know, but he he hooked up a couple of these towels that were at the playoffs. So shout out to Bloomer, uh, a, a true Suns fan there. Ladies and gentlemen, that was your subreddit stakeout. The Suns Jam Session subreddit stakeout. Whew, quality podcasting right there, ladies and gentlemen. Quality podcasting. Uh, other notes that I had from this game. Let's see. Um, so at Keep It Real Luke on Twitter said, Yo, at Suns Jam, you got to talk about the physicality of Brunson and Doncic. And when it's reciprocated by Bridges or Paul in the same play at the same time, uh, we get the call. What can they do with that? So essentially, I think what he's saying is, the way that Luca and Jalen Brunson attack the interior and jump into players and get calls like CP three and Devin Booker don't get those calls. So what can they we don't, do? Like they do don't do to, it though. Yeah. They, they don't do it with the same ferocity that Booker did it twice tonight, which was very rare. Like he hasn't done that forever. Like the one where he got against Doncic, where he kind of threw the ball up and he yeah. went underneath them that like those fouls, those suck. If you're a Mavericks fan, and that's Doncic's like fourth foul, because it's not even really a foul. That Booker throws himself in, but the Suns don't do that. That's why when he got in the bonus with seven minutes left in the third, it's like, did it even matter? Like it was like I was excited for it, but they went away from it. So the Suns just—they're not that team. Still, they're not that team to get to the line. Yeah, and it's again, it's an opportunity to get free points. It's gonna kill us. It's gonna kill us, man. In a game like this, God, you definitely need I it. I don't want to go to the next series. Oh, I do. Oh, I do. No. Oh, I do. 
because that's <laughs> a series, man. You know, so so you know, we'll hand out a little bit of hardware right now. Jam star of the game. Reminder, Jamsters, to subscribe, rate, review, give us a thumbs up while you're here, and let us know if you happen to be watching along live who your jam star of the game is. I like what Suns Geek says. If it's gonna, he's probably gonna make a video about it because that's what he does. Uh, Jay Crowder, motherfucker, it's Jay Crowder. That's who I think it was. It's he was Jay Crowder. Consistent. Yeah, isn't it crazy? Honorable mention, Mikhail Bridges, Crowder, boss man. I mean, that's the answer, right? Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, we needed more of it, but they didn't give it to him. It's kind of like yep. the Aiden situation. Keep beating him, ball, you know. So, looking at game four adjustments, Matthew. What do you think needs to happen for the Phoenix Suns to regain control of this series and go up 3-1 on the Dallas Mavericks on Mother's Day, mind you, at 1230? Yeah. Well, you know what? It's uh, don't turn the ball over seven times in the first quarter. I would oh, say. I it like would be a this good one. <laughs> I'm being this is smart a good one. Hey, this smart yeah. aleck guy over here, ever since he had a Bud Light with no corn in it, he's got yeah, that no, corn-free but... beer. He's a smart aleck. I don't even know who I am anymore. Um Keep keep doing what's working. So I think the Suns tonight, when, when they got away from going against, when they were trying to actually draw the fouls and the rest were actually giving it to them, they went away from it. They just stopped doing it. It should have been a constant thing. Keep going to what's working. You know, this game, it was Jay, this, and it was also the fouls, like 19 trips. Like, that's not a lot, but that's a lot for the Suns, right? So you got to keep going towards that. So whatever's working is working. It wasn't working with Aiden tonight. It wasn't working with Booker. Um, those two just... If they can, of course, if they have good games, this is probably a win. But you have to feed the guys that are just keeping you interested in the game. Like, like Cameron Johnson seemed like he had the energy. I wish we would have saw more of him. I know he missed mm-hmm. a wide open three, but then hit the next three. But get him more involved too. Like these guys that seem like they had the more the energy, the the level of intensity to match the Dallas Mavericks. Keep them in the game and keep them going. Uh, it wasn't that. It was more of just like slow the ball down. 16 seconds. All right, let's go. Like, you know what? It's like barely get the ball across the time stripe. That stuff drove me nuts. It's like in a game like this, push up the tempo a little bit, make Dallas a little bit more uncomfortable. I think Dallas was only uncomfortable like two minutes in the game, which was late in the fourth. That was it. And the Suns can make them uncomfortable quick. They just didn't do it tonight. So make them uncomfortable, get out to a hot hot start again. Like they did tonight. It was a nice hot start, but then continue that and just limit the turnovers. That's it. What, what, What can you do defensively? defensively yeah man i i'm gonna tell you dude i don't think they're doing anything wrong defensively right now i don't think they're i think their defense is fine i think just grabbing the boards though even though it sucks because they're always long rebounds right do they have to have some guy like kind of play like free safety back there for those long boards i guess that's the one thing that's killing the suns but defensively i think they're doing a good job i really do i just like Obviously, the Mavericks' primary thing in this game, their primary adjustment was we've got to get Jalen Brunson involved. And they did that. Again, 28 points for the guy. Uh, He shot a total of, what, 21 times? Yeah, 21 shot attempts. He had 28 points in this game. You know, and and you kind of look at what Jalen Brunson did in the first two games against the Suns in this series, and he wasn't nearly as involved, right? Like, he had... He had 16 shots in game one, but he was only six of 16. He had 12 shots in game two, but he was three of 12. So, you know, those two games combined, he was shooting 32% from the field. You know, this game, he's closer to 50, right? So defensively, that's got to be the adjustment for me is 
again, make it tougher for Jalen Brunson to score. And, and essentially what they did is in the first two games, they got him in foul trouble, which was very smart. And tonight they couldn't get him in foul trouble. So they had to kind of try to beat him straight up and they just couldn't. So they've got to kind of find a way to uh, just negate him. You know, I, maybe throw some blitzes at him because again, you throw some length at him and he might turn the ball over. I don't know. Uh, but again, you're right. When it comes down to the performance by the Phoenix Suns, it comes down to the offensive end. It comes down to the execution. It comes down to kind of laziness tonight. Uh, and they had a shot to win this game. They just couldn't kind of get over that hump. We'll see what happens. I'm not scared in this series. I, I really am not. I, I I'm not even when you're talking about Brunson. I'm just like yeah. this is like this is like a Cameron Payne like epic game that we and Brunson's been doing yes. it good all, all all playoffs all season long. But it's kind of like we're talking about like if someone was talking about the Suns, it's Cameron Payne. Like you got to stop Cameron Payne. That's how I feel. He's a good player. He's gonna get a good contract next year. It's just it's not enough to scare you away. It's not enough at all. Like a Brandon Ingram. No, no, you're right. You're right. Because Brandon Ingram could hit it all over the court, and I just I, I don't have that fear of Jalen Brunson. So it'll be interesting to see going into uh, Game Four, kind of what those adjustments are by the Phoenix Suns, both on offense and defense. Obviously, offense is to execute a little yeah. better, and defense, you know, kind of per Matthew is stick to the game plan. It's going to work. It's just when you're giving up second chance opportunities and you're turning the ball over and allowing them to get out in transition, bad things are going to happen, and that's kind of what happened tonight. Thoughts. Um, brains. Man, I had something really good to talk about uh, on our thoughts, and I completely I forgot to write it in my notes. The only thing uh, I have, only thing I have written in my notes is uh, it's a couple days old. But Donovan Mitchell's people report that uh, put out a report saying that Gobert's comments about Booker's defense were taken as a slight by Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert's kind of in the "it's him or me" mentality coming out of Utah. This is so stupid. Isn't it funny how Devin Booker becoming good at defense is what's going to end the Jazz? Yeah, but man, when I'm watching basketball, first of all, these guys are just such a babies. I they, know. They the most dramatic people. It's just crazy how catered they are to each other. And like they're talking to the media about this guy's side of me. It's like, how is this even? And I always wanted to ask, like, who are these these sources? Like when things like this happen, like who's that one guy standing in the room? And be like, all right. Yeah, this is what's happening. Like, who's getting paid off? Like, who is that? Like, I but they want flex. to tip that stuff. Yeah, it's just such a weird thing. And these guys are just big crybabies, and they'll never change. Like, NBA players make yeah, they're they're tough athletes. They are, but the way they look and the way they are just analyzed behind the scenes too. They're just made up to be babies, and they are. So it's just so it's just funny. It's just to such me, a man. different mentality from the basketball that we grew so up watching. Weird. And again, it sucks being like the old guy in the room, <laughs> you know. Slight. But like back in the day, if your team got bounced from the playoffs like three or four times, like the Jazz have, that like bonded you and made you like. What I love about the Suns is I truly believe that Devin Booker. I mean, you saw it when he played the Timberwolves. He's like, I've got no friends. He's dunking on D'Lo. He's talking shit to Cat. I feel like the Suns have a bunker mentality where they're, it's like they're like, fuck everybody else. Where a lot of modern NBA players, they have a lot of those friendships, right? And a lot yeah. of those friendships are a modern thing. A lot of these guys grew up playing on the same AAU teams. You know, they, they've traveled together since they were 12, 13 years old. So it makes sense that they have a kinship and a friendship. And that's what makes this kind of annoying and it, it allows all of the the noise to come out of these different guys like whenever they aren't happy they leak it through people 
And, you know, everybody's so concerned with like, I've got to be happy all the time instead of going, okay, what can I do? It's, it's gotta be Rudy Gobert. It's gotta be Donovan Mitchell. That's why I'm not successful. So it's a lack of accountability. And I was having a conversation with somebody today uh, about how when you lose accountability, everything goes, everything, you will not be successful. And, And, you know, again, working in my civilian job, I'm a manager. And one thing that I do is I hold my team accountable. I'm fun to work with. I have a good time. But at the same time, like if you're late to work, if you're coming in with, you know, unshaven or with your without pressing your uniform, like we're going to have a conversation. I'm going to annotate that conversation. And if I see it being a behavioral issue where you're doing it more than once every month, you know, we're going to have progressive discipline. That's called accountability. And some people, especially in the modern workforce, I know people in other organizations that as a managers don't hold their team accountable because they're too afraid to lose somebody. Like, well, I can't fire somebody because then we're short-staffed. It's like, but what you do by not holding people accountable is you create an environment that festers and people don't. It's lax. It, yeah, it's it's too lax and people, now people aren't showing up to work. Well, why? Because I yeah. cannot show up to work and because I won't get fired because they need me more. And that's what the modern NBA has kind of become where there's this lack of accountability. And because of that, they're blaming everybody else. And now it's like, well, I want out of this situation because uh, nobody's putting me in a situation to be successful. It's like, how about you just get better? How about yeah, it's you? Yeah. How about you're the issue? How about that? As soon how, as about, how about you play yeah. defense better, Donovan Mitchell? How about you yeah, be so accountable for, for Yeah. Well, look at these teams that are in it too. Boston, Milwaukee, Memphis, Golden State, Dallas, Phoenix, Miami, uh, with the exception maybe with Philly, but all these teams are just drafted. I mean, you had Jimmy Butler added to Miami, but I mean, Tyler Hero, Bam Adebayo, those are all just drafted players. Like these players are there. They don't want out right away, right? They're in a situation yeah. like John Brown in Memphis. Thing. I'm in Memphis, but still it's like they, they play their best. They go out there and they try to win on their own and until they get help with through the draft or through free agency and then that's i'm not saying it's the right thing to do but you look at the other teams trying to build like those super teams that aren't yeah, even really they're exist not anymore. successful because they're culture not. sucks exactly because they think if i go somewhere else that culture and if i go somewhere else things will change no it doesn't like people that move out of state like i need a fresh start i'm moving to uh new Texas. jersey <laughs> <laughs> Texas, Austin. I'm going to Austin. Everyone's going there. It must be a yeah. good place. No, you haven't dealt with your own issues, dude. You got to deal with your own issues yourself before you can move on to anything and actually be in a relationship with other players. You know what yes. I mean? Like you can't still have your same stuff. Like people don't change. Players don't change, but you can absolutely improve. And these players don't do it. They just, they don't. And no, what they Booker want the has easy done out. Here, everybody wants the easy yeah. out. And everybody and Dallas, wants to play the victim mentality. It's like, well, no, like I wasn't put in a, in a situation necessary to be successful. It's like, are you kidding me? They're paying you a shit ton of money. They want you there. They continue to try to move pieces around. There's been some, mm-hmm. some injuries. The Joe Ingles injury was really big, I feel, in Utah. So it's like, just give it another run, but it'll never work. And again, you go back to the Phoenix Suns organization. You look at Devin Booker, somebody who is beyond accountable and has always been accountable. And that's why these teams are successful. And you're right. The teams that are left in the playoffs, for the most part, have built their teams organically. And even the Phoenix Suns, like we did it by utilizing our assets properly and trading for Chris Paul. It wasn't, we're going to go sign the most expensive free agent possible. But even that's fine. Even like Kevin yeah. Durant going to Golden State, that's what you're, you're supposed to build your team and then yes. you can get the superstar if you want. Like, who cares? Like, I feel like they got so much shit for no reason. But even like fans like on Twitter are talking about, you know, Suns wouldn't be here without Chris Paul. Doi. Like, yeah. we, we would not be here without Chris <laughs> no, Paul. Fact. Like, there's no way. It's a team game. And like, there's yes. no reason to really hate on the Suns. We've been through a lot. And Booker stayed through it 
And Booker's been that guy that can get these superstars here to play with us because of the way he plays. Cause he just, he's, he, he, all he cares about is the game is, is winning. Like he cares about nothing else. You never hear him talk about anybody else, not being friends with this person or that person. Uh, you know what I mean? Like I'm not in this circle. That's not book. He's to himself. He knows mm-hmm. who he is and that's why players want to play with them. So lucky to be a Suns fan. Yeah. Amen. Cause it, it's a, it's fun to be the a fan of this kind of fan base. And it's the same thing with Dallas. Like I do respect Dallas. They're trying to figure out how to be successful. Luca is a hard player to build around. He really is because he's not he's not a plus defender. He's a ball dominant player. Ryan Rosillo a few weeks ago put together kind of a list of the guys with the highest usage rates and what their success rate is in the playoffs. And it's not good. It's not good. You go back to the early Jordan days where he had a high usage rate. Guess what? He wasn't successful. It wasn't until they put the proper pieces around him. So uh, that's yeah. our thoughts. Uh, Blaze Megatron says pressed uniform. Dan Voida never offered me a job. LOL. Yeah, press your shit if you come in. Like, you're being compensated to be there. Uh, Divine intentions. Did you make your your bed this morning, Voida? No, I didn't, because I don't get paid to make my bed. But he doesn't sleep on a bed. (laughs) Yeah, I sleep on a day bed. on the floor. I sleep on the couch. Uh, And then Blaze Megatron, (laughs) welcome to the John Voida 12 Rules of Basketball Life podcast, LOL. We should do that, like, uh, you know, just little self-help thing yeah i'm I'm telling you it's one of the things i'm super passionate about i'm super passionate about leadership i'm super passionate about teamwork in in the in in the workplace and things like that like creating inclusive environment like i love things like that uh and again it all starts with accountability i am 100 percent, and i i don't ask anybody to do anything i want to do and i think that that's what's always made myself and my teams successful because i believe in that and uh, you know have fun at work you know yeah. Gotta be there and anyways. it's all about the naked HD in the comments, honestly, bro. Just got a website to jerk off to. Yeah. It's about. <laughs> yeah. For those of you who are listening, like we keep getting trolled by this naked HD XYZ, bro. Time, just go, bro. just go website and um, jerk off. We keep having the black. How do they know? Thing. I've, I've given that up for a while. Like I've been sacrificed. Now they're trying to, I think it's something from the devil, right? That must it's be gotta the devil. be. It's devil it's, getting mad. Man. It's the corn trying to get at you. <laughs> it's uh, the corn so on that note ladies and gentlemen again we thank you for hanging out with us on the sun's jam session (laughs) podcast uh hopefully on mother's day which is sunday when the suns play at 12 30 we don't have to play against scott foster but if we do go to our website you can get a fuck scott foster shirt right there on our bubble site so we'd appreciate that uh, make sure you subscribe, wait, and rate, and review wherever you're consuming this podcast. Hit a thumbs up while you're here if you're hanging out on YouTube. And we will see you on Sunday afternoon. Mm-hmm. Go home and love your family.